Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the B3RE podcast, everyone. Tony, what's up? I've recently had my second wedding anniversary. Congrats, man. That's a big deal. She hasn't yeah. changed her mind yet. That's great to hear. Uh, yes, exactly. It's, yeah, it's nice. That's good. You know what the second wedding anniversary gift is? Your finances are commingled. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> cloth. Cloth. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cloth. We're actually knitting you something. That's why you haven't got anything yet. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't want your knitted knee blanket well that's fine um i don't want anyway so i got a shirt for her that says like <laughs> uh, the second wedding anniversary is cloth and this is my gift <laughs> did you make it yourself or did they sell these Fuck that. oh no they sell these like what year do you think i am like a spinster like here in my, here in my uh, office just, like uh, with the footwheel thing like th- like weaving yeah i have the I, put, I have the lamb in my back in my yeah, in my basement like next to the crocodile yeah like yeah. a still skin type uh no uh, I just um, meant, did you go on custom ink and type in words and uh, i'm i'm unfortunately not that witty i uh <laughs> I just bought it on on the Amazon. Made Jeff Bezos more millions of dollars. I'd love to say we're sponsored by Amazon, but we are not. That's why we're our production value is what it is. Um, so, so that's where we are. Um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, glad to have like supportive spouse and somebody that's I haven't like I feel like a lot of these shows you hear people and it's like how did you convince your spouse to jump on board and I've been lucky that I never really had to do much convincing yeah so sometimes I get those questions it's like how'd you convince your spouse to do it and I'm like well it was easy she just did it oh yeah for me it was like I just started the LLC without her name and started investing and I was like hey we own this house so that's the other way I'm kidding uh but um that's great. I guess on the two-year anniversary of any long-term tenants, uh, I'll start sending them some cloth. So there you go. Well, I think your actual story was uh, <laughs> you sold the house that you lived in. And then you said, hey, I created this LLC. We're buying it in like 60 days. Um, it's going to be great. And then she said, yeah, that's awesome. And then you're like, yeah, also start packing your things because we're moving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that would be more exciting. We weren't quite that cavalier, but we did like have a child and then realized that uh yeah we moved across the country bought a house in the middle of winter and then our tenant died the day we closed on it so uh yeah thankfully not foreshadowing uh well we're all gonna die someday i guess so slightly That's foreshadowing true. tick-tock 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 yeah all right so what do we have for the show today today's theme is going to be goofball tenants so we're going to talk about um two young ladies in their 20s for our florida tenant uh i'm trying to think what city what what city in florida do you think these people are from tony mm. 
Jacksonville. That's exactly what I thought too. And then we have Andy calling in from Pittsburgh about some air conditioning issues. Well, tenant air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll get to it. Anyway, so time for Florida tenant. That was a terrible drop. All right, we need to like, that? we need to have like some professional deep voice guy like record all of our jobs for us. Man, you're hurting my feelings by, right now. By professional though, I mean like that would totally do it to build their resume for free. So, <laughs> all right. So there give you us, go. Give us a call. And uh, if you got a super bassy voice, we'd love to have you say Florida tenant. <laughs> and, there you go. And brought to you by Cabinet Jacks. All right. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So, I uh, Florida tenant story. I live in Jacksonville and I have a two bedroom unit rented to two women in their 20s. Pretty quickly, they were complaining that they had roaches. I thought it was weird because the previous tenant had no roach problem. We had the place thorough clean before they moved in. No one else in the building was having a roach problem. So, we thought maybe the girls themselves brought the roaches with them. Anyway, fast forward a few months. They picked up and skipped town. We got a key. Check the unit. It's trashed. Ketchup bottles everywhere. Glasses, plates, cutlery, shoes, clothes, food all over the place. And roaches. Lots of them. We called the junk cleaners. They wouldn't remove the junk unless it's roach free. So, we called the pest control. They wouldn't remove <laughs> the roaches unless the junk was gone. A dilemma ensues. All right. Florida tenant. <laughs> I think you've had some. You've actually had this happen to you, right, Tony? Uh, not the exact same situation, but similar. So, I had a roach problem, like a minor infestation as far as infestations are concerned. Infestations like a sounds like a bad word. Like yeah. I don't feel like minor infestation sounds jumbo shrimp. Plausible. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so we had an infestation and the problem is that finding someone to actually clean up the roaches is not a very easy thing to find. So this is where, like, I actually I was on Bigger Pockets today and I saw somebody post this thing that said, like, hey, I'm in Pittsburgh, but I'm looking for properties remotely in Columbus. And I saw it and I'm like, you're in a place where you can actually buy rentals that like cash flow. Why in the world are you looking out of state? And the reason for that is because whenever you're local, everything can be made so much easier because because if your problems are really that unsolvable, you can just go do it. solve them yourself. Yeah. Which is what I did. I went down uh, into the basement of this building and cleaned up hundreds of carcasses. Um, and yeah, I solved the, solved the issue. Just like in this case, I mean, if you're local, that's probably what's going to need to happen. Or you're just going to need to find somebody that really wants to uh, do this job for you for whatever amount of money. The same guy that cleaned out Lenny's uh, cat litter room would probably be be a good fit. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough to find somebody. So like, unless you want to sit there and go through a bunch of people that aren't going to show up and aren't going to do it, then you're probably stuck just doing it yourself. But that's disgusting. I mean, people are people are pigs generally. You kind of learn that, kind of learn that as a landlord. Like, so there are a lot of clean tenants. However, there are also a lot of just like nasty people out there yeah and agreed yeah yeah we try and check their car when they're walking uh checking out the unit one person shows the unit the other person looks at the car to see how funky you would car. not rent to me <laughs> <All right. laughs> my car is a mess yeah uh my passenger side floor is basically my coffee cup floor wow 
<laughs> Wait, so you don't have yeah. to drive tenant? You don't drive a uh, not tenants, but perspective customers? Uh, no, no, I don't do that. I don't want that liability. I don't want that that mess. Uh, I don't actually know that many realtors that really do drive the people around. Normally, they just follow you in their own car. Like it's actually kind of weird whenever people ask to ride with you. I mean, yeah. I've obviously done it before. I guess now, but coronavirus, <laughs> you definitely wouldn't do it. Yeah, especially not now. I mean, if it's like a situation like they message you and say, hey, like my car's in the shop or something or I don't have a car today. Can I ride with you? Like, yeah, fine. Okay, whatever. But if it's just like the expectations that you drive people around, like <laughs> I have higher. Uh, you, you just I'm have worth it. more than a chauffeur and a, and a key box here. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's not that I wouldn't do it, but generally yeah. people don't expect you to drive them around. And it feels like a bad sign if they do. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in your profession, but yeah, a lot of times. But yeah, I mean, usually my passenger seats, my coffee cup, trash can. It's all I get home. I usually dump it at the end of the day. But uh, but that was I work. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a lot of coffee cups that I generate throughout the day. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of coffee, a lot of coffee meetings. Caffeine doesn't really do anything for me anymore. All right. um, I could drink like a whole cup of coffee at midnight and still go to bed at one. <clears throat> Uh, living on the wild side. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's roll into uh, some, Rebel. some more goofball tenants here. Hi, this is Andy from Pittsburgh. Um, I've got a question for Tony. I just renovated an apartment in Pittsburgh um, and rented it out to a newlywed couple. And the first day they moved in, uh, they realized, even though it wasn't advertised, um, that there is no central air conditioning. And so they've decided to move out of the apartment, uh, even though they signed a 12-month lease. Uh, what should I do? Thanks. So, okay. John, you shut up. Don't say words because this question is for Tony. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Specifically for me, not gonna, for you. I'm going to work on drops. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Florida, 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 air conditioning. Um, Yeah, so that kind of stinks. Um, What I usually do in these situations when people, this person doesn't seem to be coordinating with you, but when someone signed a lease and they want to move out <laughs> promptly thereafter or during the lease in general, I usually tell them like, hey, if you really want to leave, fine. I don't want you here because you're just going to be like a pain in the ass. So I don't obviously say that directly. I should. I, based on some of the stories I've told, I'm, people might not put it past me to, to do that. But um, then I say like, that's fine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to advertise it for rent. And when I find a new tenant, your lease obligations are done. But until I place the new tenant, you still have to pay for the apartment. Um, and generally, people accept that resolution. So that's usually the best resolution, assuming they are still communicating with you. Unfortunately, and they actually might still need to communicate with you if they need to get in to get their stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Hopefully you have a deposit still, first month's rent and deposit. So obviously you can keep their deposit and you should be able to find a new tenant promptly. So my guess is that within two months, you should have a new tenant. The situation kind of stinks. However, you know, it's not the worst, worst situation situation to be in there. So you would keep their deposit, keep their first month's rent, look for a new tenant, hopefully have their tenant placed in time. As far as going after them, you can go after them. You can get a judgment, but 
that's Why? usually a lot of hassle for a useless piece of paper that you're never actually going to collect. So yes, why? I personally would not go through the hassle of paying the lawyer to go try to get this for you, the whole court process and everything. And I would just take it as the situation kind of stinks, but at least it wasn't an eviction. And I have money. Um, sounds like they had just moved in. So you're going to keep their deposit first month's rent and then immediately start marketing it again. Um, kind of stupid people, but that's the business we're in, right? So yep. yeah, John, John, I'm allowing you to provide input now. Oh, thank you, Sensei. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had this exact issue happen to us. Uh, not with air conditioning, but the exact same scenario. And uh, yeah, honestly, like as long as you're nimble and it's not the wrong time of year, uh, which if they care about air conditioners, it's probably not the wrong time of year. Uh, you can pretty much rent the place back out. And for us, we actually made money on the deal. So um, yeah, just be expeditious. Don't try and win legally. Just try and win. Don't win arguments, just win. And uh, I'm bad at that. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? You know what I mean? You're, it's a business, not like a system of justice or whatever. Like who cares? Uh, so yeah, just I, I think we even wound up giving their deposit back, I think, because we got the place rented in like five days later. It was no problem. So whatever. You fool. Fly, you fools. Yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the resolution, really. I wouldn't suggest even making your life more difficult with a court case or everything. Just take it as a bad thing, because I always say that, like, I don't want to I always say, like, I don't want to witness a crime, not because I'm worried about like I'm not really worried about my safety. I'm more just like, God damn it. That means I need to, like, go to court and be a witness and all this other stuff. And I just don't want to deal with it. Oh, yeah. um, I, I like simplicity in my life and going to court to try to hold somebody accountable to a lease that they were never going to stick with isn't really making my life more simple. And a lot of people are doing this real estate investing as a way to get financial freedom. And the key part in there is freedom, like freedom with your life from yes. the hassle of paying your bills and obligations and everything else. Like going and this to court. is just <laughs> like going to court to collect from some idiot deadbeat that yes. doesn't even deserve your time. Or dealing with people that hate you and are proven to be stupid. So yes. The, uh, my question, Tony, is uh, what do you need to do legally to like void their lease? Do you actually need to send them uh, another termination of contract or something? I would still send them a termination, yeah. Um, at least send it that way. If there's ever any question, you say you can say like, hey, I did, a, you know, they yeah. weren't cooperative. So they abandoned the lease. Usually leases have a provision for like abandonment. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's because I wouldn't. If you to. don't, if you don't have that, then you should have in your lease a section for like abandoning the premises. Yeah. All right. I like, uh, I feel like we actually got our 10% education in on that one. Maybe even 11. All right. Round it up, baby. 12. We're growing now you're being week. a little, uh, sorry, being sorry. a little judicious with these percentages, Ooh. but vocab word sure. um yeah i read books occasionally <laughs> yeah i read bro i see him over your shoulder uh all right well tony let's roll into something you learned this week you want me to go first yeah you go uh so we learned that uh when your tenants do have complaints your first response should be to you, you want to make sure you're not incentivizing bad behavior uh so we had a tenant complain about some pretty trivial things with another tenant that uh they are all adults they could have worked out with themselves and it's like people bringing in trash cans timely matter hmm. kind of a problem and um, you want to make sure that we, we've been very responsive to this tenant because they're very good they're very clean they don't have roaches 
they're aware of their AC situation. But uh, people are a little stressed right now given the coronavirus. Their kids are in school, but they're not in school. They're at home, etc., etc. So uh, you need to kind of have standard operating procedures and use them to uh, make sure that expectations are set. You're not kind of rewarding people for, you know, it's not your job to get back them and solve all their problems. It's your job to be a good landlord. So, uh, and that has been very successful. We've essentially diffused the situation as far as we're concerned with like no conflict, right? So uh, there's there's always going to be issues that pop up, but conflict is completely optional to kind of carry the through line of this episode. So that's what we learned. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is that like in this country, we're so obsessed with customer service culture that it's like when people think of this relationship, this landlord-tenant relationship, they expect you to like wash their feet every time they have a problem. Like my landlord will fix everything. And it's like, well, there's a certain agreement here where they need to be made aware that there are certain things that you're obligated to fix and that you need to take care of and do on the property. And there are certain things that you as an adult just need to figure out for yourself. For instance, if you go to bed at 9 p.m. and your neighbor is loud, that is not your landlord's problem. That is your problem. And you need to solve that like an adult. If they're being loud at like 2 a.m., then that's probably a lease violation in which your landlord's only real response can be, I need to evict them. And then you know how well that's going to go? Probably not very well. So instead of like snitching to the landlord before even talking to the person, they need to know that they need to solve their own personal problems. It's not your responsibility as landlord to solve every little issue that they have. Like you said, like bringing in trash cans. Like, okay, if they consistently don't bring them in, then yeah, that's an issue. But, you know, if it's one or two times, like just talk to your neighbor. I don't know. People, I think that it's an issue with the United, like the United States being very customer service oriented and tenants expect the same thing from their landlord. And there's an element of customer service, but there's also an element of like, what am I actually providing you? What is actually my job in this relationship? And my job is not to go above and beyond to make every little thing disappear. I'm not magic. So it's like, but I think that people get into the habit of thinking that you're some wizard that can just wave a wand and make everything better. It's like, that's not how, that's not how this works. I mean, we're still, we've also had gas leaks, right? Like gas leak, we're going to be there. That's an immediate, gotta get that done. Right. Exactly. Like any, anything, anything wrong physically with the property. Right. Yeah. Trash can. But then sometimes this even extends to like, people will say, instead of having roaches, my neighbor smokes roaches all the time. And it's like, okay, well, that sucks. I'm sorry. There's a no smoking policy. I could talk to your person, but if you really suspect drug activity, you know who you should call? Not me. You should call the police. Because like, if your land, if your neighbor's dealing heroin, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm going to tell you to talk to the police and file a police report. And if the police follow up on it and there's a criminal thing, then yes, they can be very easily evicted. However, you telling me does absolutely nothing. So anytime your tenants come to you with stuff that's more or less above your pay grade, you should always be directing them to either the be a freaking adult answer or the talk to the proper authorities answer. And I always tell people too, like creating a paper trail makes my life easier. So even if it's an issue with like somebody not cleaning up with their pet or something, I don't care if you file a complaint with the city. I mean, if they put like an ordinance on it or 
hit me with some citation, that gives me a paper trail to go back to the tenant and push for penalty, make them pay it if needed, evict or whatever. I just need a paper trail. So yeah. get your tenants to make your paper trails for you. Yeah, agreed. This is a, a slight tangent, but uh, actually, if with your drug example, if your tenant emails you that they suspect one of the neighbors has drug activity, isn't that a big issue for you as a landlord? So I think you have a responsibility at that point. Isn't that right? You probably have a responsibility to report it. Yeah. So, But in the end, it needs to be the tenant that eventually talks to the police because you weren't there. So it's like, yeah. who's going to, you know, you can't really even tell them. You can just say, I got this complaint. We should have and then, on one episode. We should run through some of these. That would be a fast. Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get my lawyer to come on, but he's, he's going to be hesitant to give legal advice over the podcast. Yeah, I know. And I haven't <laughs> talked to her since our tenant died. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, to talk to but no, here. you, if you do get stuff like that, I mean, you definitely should report it. And like, we stay friendly with the local authorities in the neighborhoods that we invest just in case we have stuff like this come up. Um, yeah. But obviously you want to encourage your tenants to be the ones to talk to them because the tenants have all the information. And I tell people all that all, that all the time. Like I've had this come up. Generally, people just complain like so-and-so smoking weed in their apartment. And you're like, okay, that sucks. But I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. So if you really suspect that there's some kind of drug activity, then you should contact the authorities. Yeah. And that's that's where I leave it. Because a lot of, at least 95% of those is our tenants just like complaining about other tenants. And then to make them happy, we usually send a letter to the building that says like, hey, just a reminder, smoking is not prohibited on the permitted on the premises. If you're caught smoking, we will not renew your lease or evict you. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Or fine you. We have a fine for that too. We can fine them. But good luck with that standing up because if you don't have any proof, then it's like, well, man, you would need to like walk into their unit and see an ashtray with all kinds of cigarettes in it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, again, the goal is to get yourself out of these situations. Boy, the and do you think that tenant is going to pay your fine? Yeah. <laughs> the one who so blatantly refuses yeah. the rule. Yeah. Anyway. All right. What I learned, tell me what you learned. Yeah. What I learned is that if you're buying a building that has tenants, you should always try to close in the middle of the month, like the 15th mm. or the 16th or whatever. The reason is because there is no issue then with like rents being collected. Oh. Part of the problem when you close at the beginning of a month is that when rents are like half collected, then it becomes an issue of like, who gets the rent? How do you prorate it? What do I do if I get it? Where do I send it? It's a lot easier just to like close on the 15th and then at closing your rents will just be prorated yeah. half and half because um, they should have all been collected at that time by the prior landlord. So just a pro tip, if you can make it work, close in the middle of a month. And a lot of times if you explain that to a seller, say like, hey, I know this results in 15 more days to our settlement, but it's going to make our life easier. If you really want to close at the beginning of the month, I'll deal with the hassle, but it's going to be easier for both of us if we just close the middle of the month. And that's that is the ideal scenario. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, Tony, where can they find you, Sensei? Where's your dojo? <laughs> 
<laughs> sensei. Uh, um, at 412agent on Instagram. You can find me 412agent.com. Find me on Bigger Pockets by my name. Find me everywhere by my name. And yeah. call into the show with your questions. 412-212-8366. You beat me. I was going to sing it like the jingle. And then you can drop it. But that's okay. We won't do that this time. Now I feel slighted. You can still sing it. Nah, it's fine. Oh, don't be sure. I'll just do it. 412. <laughs> now I forgot it. Do you want to? 8366. There you go. Um, new. Buy them all. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes, this dude. episode was brought Not to awkward you, at all. Brought to you by uh, Kills. It's a primer that covers up uh, smoke smells. So use it all over when you have tenants that smoke too much. But you can't evict them because you don't have solid proof. Kills is a brand, though. We don't promote brands on here. Oil-based paint. Promoted by... <laughs> We promote them. Uh, yeah. Dry Lock. That's also a brand. I don't know what the generic name for that is, though. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well. Anyway. All right. Moisture resistant paint. But we're out. Um, hit us up with your questions. Uh, hit us up with your written questions if you want to do that. But the calls are better. Um, yeah. I'll make up a fake voice and call into our own show and read your question if you do it on Instagram. But uh, probably not. That takes a lot of energy. But yeah. So we will catch you next week on another episode of Beef. Free, Ari. That's a really bad one. We're not using that. Yeah. See everybody. Bye. Peace.